brought you a copy of God's Word, I'm going to ask you to begin to navigate your way to Matthew in the New Testament, first gospel, Matthew chapter 1. While you're doing that, I want to go over a couple things, if I can remember them. I know for sure, unless the Lord changes his mind, Scotty will be here preaching on the 18th for sure, okay? Yes. And we don't know about this coming Sunday uh, yet, but it could be or couldn't, maybe it might be, we don't know yet. He'll let me know. And if he's not here, I'll be glad to, to be here. But the 18th, Scotty's going to be here for sure. And Christmas Eve, I'm really super excited about that. See, I was asked a while back, do you want to have church on Christmas Day? Because it fell on a Sunday. I said, well, yeah, why wouldn't we? Well, I've been in ministry 24 years, and I've, it comes up every six years, and we've done, we have church every time. I mean, some people won't go. I mean, what, what are they doing? I mean, you want to go to church and celebrate. So you only get a chance once every six years to celebrate Jesus' birth on Christmas Day. Let's do it. Golly, man. It's going to make me... But anyway, so uh, Christmas Eve service, I'm really excited about it. It's going to start at 5.55 because we're going to do a little prelude song before that, a little bluegrassy. But then I've got Bob Lovett. I don't know if you know him, but he's going to sing a, a special. And i got Holly to do one. I love hearing her sing. What about you guys? And Chad's going to help her out. She's going at this time to do Mary Did You Know. Is that correct, Holly? Oh, I'm so excited. One thing about Christmas Eve you need to know it is the greatest opportunity that we have all year to invite somebody to church because they're likely to come. So I'm challenging you to take a risk and invite somebody to Christmas Eve service, all right? It's a great, great opportunity, and we'll see a lot of unchurched people come to Christmas Eve service. We're also having Emily and Dawson. They're going to do a, a, a song together. It's called The Huron Carol. I've never heard it done, but I heard that it's Canada's most famous um, Christmas song. So I'm looking forward to that. It's going to be a wonderful night. We'll take the Lord's Supper. So make your plans to attend, and I think that'll be big. So I, I think I've covered everything I want to cover. Now I'm going to go to the rest of the story. Oh, Lord, I don't know what it is with my glasses. <laughs> Could you check my coat pocket, honey? I can see it, but it's strange. It's difficult. Thanks a lot, Dave. I appreciate that. What power are those, Jack? Okay. Oh, yes. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jack. That's, I hope that doesn't affect your ability to listen. Okay. So the title of the message this morning is Serve the Victory, or it could be Defeat the Divide. Fact of the matter is, dear friends, I don't need to go over this and ad nauseum, that means make it nauseous, but we live in a horrifically divided world. I mean, I could just start naming the division, Republican, Democrat, divided, politics, Divided. Oh my goodness, religious ideologies divided. Political ideologies, communism, socialism, republican, democracy, divided. Division everywhere. But the most significant and most horrific division that we see today 
is between man and God. There's a great divide. We must remember this significant truth. Why did Jesus come? This is called the advent, the coming, to come. Jesus came to defeat the divide between God and man. He did that by going to the cross instead of you going to the cross. It's the doctrine of substitutionary atonement. He went to the cross in my place and died and paid for my sins. He shed his blood for the forgiveness of sins, went to the grave, and three days later he arose. Oh, Easter's coming. That's exciting to think about. He came. We must remember this fact. The Bible teaches this. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. That means that there are people out there wanting to have a relationship with God. They do religious things. They're good people. They're kind people. They're following their ideology, whatever they're doing, thinking they're going to get a relationship with God. But they they can't make the divide. They can't make the jump from here to God. There's no way they can make it unless Jesus builds the bridge for them. And he's done it. The bridge has been built. The way to relationship with the almighty creator of heaven and earth has been built for you and me to go across and experience the glory of God, the presence of God, the dynamic power of God in your life. I couldn't preach this unless I'd experienced it. I've seen God change my life. I've seen him liberate me from things that had me around the throat. I've seen him change my life. As I've seen, many of you could testify to that. Marvin, you can testify to that. I know you can. I've heard you. Christians, now here's the, here's the kicker. Christians are called by God to serve the victory, to serve the victory that defeats that divide and helps people find the bridge, find the way from lostness to being saved, from the dark to the light, from grief to glory. Jesus made the way, and we are called to serve that victory over the divide. Here's a couple of examples. John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. He sent Jesus. Why? To make the bridge, to make the way to God. He gave his only begotten son that whosoever, what? Believeth in him, trust in him, makes the commitment to follow him, asks him for forgiveness of sins and says, Jesus, you're Lord of my life. For God so loved the world, He gave His only begotten Son, whosoever believes in Him, i got to do that, should not go to hell, but have, have heaven. And starts now. The kingdom, of, the kingdom life starts now. You can catch a glimpse of glory now. That's our responsibility, to serve that victory, to defeat that divide and help people find the bridge. There's one more scripture, Matthew 28, 18 through 20. Jesus gives this command to His followers. It is not for someone else. It's for you if you're a Christian. Jesus says this, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go ye into all nations, making disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And lo, I will be with you to the end of the age. So my responsibility is to serve the victory. How do I do it? I want to do it. I just want to sit on my can, can all I get. I don't want to do that. I don't want to sit on my yes but. I want to serve the victory. Joseph, the 
husband of Mary, gives us a wonderful example of how to serve the victory that defeats that divide that's existing right now. It could be a divide in your family. It could be a divide at your workplace. Somebody's rooster's crowing. Let's wake them up. Let's go. What are you waiting on? Stamp that thing out. Wrench its neck. Whatever you got to do to it. Good night, nurse. Heavens to Betsy. Heavens to Murgatroyd. Remember that one? All right, so... Are you, I'm going to read the Scripture now, okay? Got your Bibles if you brought one? Matthew chapter 1, verse 18. I'm sitting, I'm sitting here thinking, have I read the Scripture yet? <laughs> this is my third sermon, and I, I just pour myself out at all. I can't. This is, how, this is Mark Zimmerman's voice. This is how I preach. This is how the, the birth of Jesus Christ came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph. But before they came together, she was found to be with child through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was a righteous man. Your Bible might say just there. Because he was a righteous man and did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. He's going to make the bridge. He's going to pay the price. He's going to defeat death. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will be with child, pardon me, and will give birth to a son. And they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife. But he had no union with her until she gave birth to a son and he gave him the name Jesus. Joseph is a wonderful example of one who served the victory. Victory marched on from the house of Joseph. It marched on to Galilee. It marched on to Samaria. It marched on to Judea, preaching the gospel. Repent for the kingdom of heaven is near. It marched on to the cross. It died on the cross saying, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. It, the Lord died on the cross telling the thief on the side, today will you will be with me in paradise. Victory marched on and we're called to serve that victory, to defeat that divide. And we know how to do it. How? By our identity. Joseph is identified here. He's identified as a righteous or just man. He's known in his community. He's known in the synagogue as a guy that's righteous or just. What does that mean? It's an adjective. It describes a person. The better descriptor, and it's synonymous with this word. It's a cinnamon. Cinnamon. I never could say those words. <laughs> Still can't. Anyway, what was I saying? Oh, yeah. It's a, he's a God-fearer. What does that mean? A righteous, just God. It means one that really, honestly, truly honors and loves and adores God. Is truly thankful for the wonderful change that God made in my life. 
And I have this deep sense of obligation that because he loved me so much and changed my life and pulled me out of the mire and set my feet in the choir, he's changed my life. And then you have this deep wonder of love for him. And that's a God fear. You want to know what he wants you to do so you can please your heavenly father. You want to. That's a, and Joseph was known, he was identified as a God-fearer, one that followed the Lord, obeyed the Lord, adhered to the teachings. But there's something else about Joseph. He loved Mary because he could have had her killed. He knew it. But he was going to divorce her quietly because he had compassion for her. May not believe what she said, her story, One buying it yet. He was heartbroken, but he still had a heart. Why? Because he was righteous. Because he was following God. And the Bible says God is love. And so because he was a righteous person, a just person, the love of God came in and balanced out his action. I'm going to follow Jesus. I'm going to love people. He was caring and compassionate. Here's the thing. Here's the application. Be known and make known. Be known as a, and identified as a follower of Christ and make known the love of God. However, it's up to you to be thinking about that and being observant and alert for opportunities. I want people to know, hey, man, how many times have you struck up a conversation waiting in line at Silver Dollar City about Jesus? Probably not very much. But boy, you, but listening at Walmart, how many times have you been to hell? Why are you so, why are you guys so full of joy? Because Jesus has changed my life. <gasps> you can't say that in public. Your identity, make known and be known. A person of truth and grace. Now, here's the problem with truth and grace. This is a problem that's infiltrated in the church in general, I'm not picking on Sock River, but it can happen here. It's where we get spiritually or religiously out of alignment with grace. This hand's grace. Bad hand. This hand's grace. This hand's truth. What happens is we become truth. I'm telling you this is the truth. And if you don't do what it says, you are going to hell. And God loves you, but you're going to hell. And the truth says this, and you beat people with, you're a Bible thumper. And you get the biggest, fattest Bible you can get and start whipping people with it. Or you make it a red Bible. That's even worse. And you forget about the grace of God, and it gets out of balance. It's truth, truth, truth. I've got the truth. You've got the street preachers out there. Repent. The kingdom of heaven is near. You're going to hell. That's the truth. But where's the grace? Where's the bounce? Now, here's the other problem. You can get over, way over on the other side of the grace and, oh, God is love and He loves you so much and you can just live however you want and do whatever you want for He forgives you and He loves you. Are you understand what I'm saying? You see how that gets out of balance? Joseph really showed us that by following Christ, by following God as a God-fearer, he's in balance. He did the right thing. He protected Mary. You know, the application to this out of balance is all I can give you is this. When you're driving down the road and you see that, I know where all the potholes are from here to home, by the way. 
There's one on James River Expressway. I miss it every time because I know where it is. But if you ever hit a pothole, and what that does is that throws your car out of alignment. Used to be one forty nine ninety five to get that fixed. Now it's about a thousand. Got mechanics here? You highway robber. Used to be able to work on your own car, didn't you? The old 63 Chevy, you could climb right in there and work on it, but now you can't. There's no way you can do it. What was I saying? Oh, yes. Here's the application. Let the Holy Spirit of God be your mechanic. Just go to God and ask for help. I need balance in this circumstance right now. I need to know what the truth is, and I need to make sure I have love and compassion and grace and help me balance it, Lord, in this particular circumstance. When you ask God that right on, while you're flying down the road, wherever is happening, ask him for help. He'll give it to you, I promise you. He's done it for me. You've got to really believe it, but he'll do it. Now, Joseph had a plan, right? And there's something I notice about Joseph is you look in the Bible where it says in... Verse 20, 19, I'm sorry. He had in mind. He had considered everything in, in verse 20, but after he had considered everything, he had a plan. That's why I think he slept good. I think he went out like a light. <laughs> you know, he did. He slept good. But watch what happens. Well, let me talk to you about plans a little. A man's, or this is Proverbs 16, 9 for note takers. I think I might have one or two of them here. A man's heart plans his way, but the Lord directs his steps. Proverbs 19, 21. Many are the plans in a person's heart, but it is the Lord's purpose that prevails. He wants that bridge built. Jeremiah 19, 29, 11, I'm sorry. Jeremiah 29, 11. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope in the future. Romans 8, 28. And we know, now listen, this is important, that in all things God works for the good of those who love Him and who have been called according to His purpose. Defeat the divide. Serve the victory. I'm going to work everything together for you for good. Okay, so now Joseph had a plan, but God had a different plan, and he sent a messenger. In verses 20 through 21, the messenger, what the messenger does, explains Joseph's responsibility in the plan. And this is a very important point because we talked about how do we serve the victory with our identity. The second way is by fulfilling our personal responsibility to the plan. Now listen to this. If you are a Christian, you, I've already told you this, you are called to serve the victory. You'll see the first thing that the angel says to Joseph in verse 20. Do not be afraid to take Mary home. Be brave. Have the nerve to serve. The, ner- the word idea of nerve is the person's steadiness, courage, and sense of purpose when facing a demanding situation. Look, Joseph, it's going to be tough taking Mary home. You're going to be ridiculed, rejected, desynagogued, drop kicked out of the church, but have that nerve, stay the course. Something great's going to happen. Victory's going to be won. I'm sending my son. He came down to forgive the sins of all the people. He's going to do a great work. Have the nerve to serve. Take responsibility to not quit, to not cower, to not turn and run. Second thing, his responsibility was to take Mary home. 
And I, I like that. Is, there ought to be a song. Taking Mary home in my garden is an ugly gnome. <laughs> See, I'm not a songwriter. Oh, the sea, it does foam. Lord, forgive me. I'm a bonehead. That first, okay, anyway. He had a responsibility. It was to protect her, to provide for her, to raise that child. What's your, what's your responsibility to the mission? It's to be a witness, to be that identity responsible for your identity in Christ, to obey him. Joseph obeyed, did what God said to do, to obey his word. That's a responsibility. I'm going to talk about a problem that I see happening. I've seen it happen in the church. And since this goes on Facebook, I have to temper down a little bit what I, what I say because, you know, I could get, my house could get egged and I don't want that. I don't mind if they egg me, but they better not egg my house or my cat or my wife. But whenever somebody would come up to someone or, you know, in the Southern Baptist world, I just did it. I just went over it. Now it's out there. If I went to somebody and asked them to help with something, and here's what they would say. Well, let me pray about it. And please don't ever come and talk to me again. We put boundaries up regarding how much we're going to serve and where we're going to serve because our lives come first. I've got my plans. I've got my dreams. Now, God, you can fit over here in this little box, but please don't call me to protect it or carry it. We take instead of give. We consume instead of contribute. No wonder there's a division. No wonder it's widening because we become, we become lazy and entitled religiously and spiritually. So how, how do I fulfill my responsibility? How do I do it? Because I want to. And a lot of times in churches, this is where the sermon drops the ball. There's no real application of what you can do to really find out what God called you to do to serve the victory, to serve in defeating this horrendous, horrific divide where people every day, thousands of souls are going into hell. That can't be. Whenever I hear of mass shootings, I wonder, were those people saved? Did they know Jesus? Doesn't that concern you? It bothers me. It concerns me. When I hear of children, fourth and fifth and sixth graders, did they know Jesus? Had they been told about him? Jim Putman is a really marvelous uh, pastor and preacher and leader. There's a church up in Idaho that is in a town of 8,000 people, and there's 10,000 people go to that church. It's amazing. And he has this acrostic he put out years ago in a book called Real Life Discipleship, and it's be spiritually fat. No offense, but the F-A-T, F. Be faithful. 
be faithful. There's a story, this guy, okay. A friend was in front of this guy at church one day and the preacher was standing at the door as always to shake hands as they were going out. He grabbed my friend by the hand and pulled him aside. The pastor said to him, you need to join the army of the Lord. My friend replied, I'm already in the army of the Lord, pastor. Pastor questioned, well, how come I don't see you except on Christmas and Easter? He whispered back, I'm in the secret service. Something's wrong. Be faithful. Stop church hopping. Stop church dropping. And stop church flopping. Whatever that means, I don't know. (laughs) But just stop it. Be faithful. That's one thing I like about Sock River. I'm getting to know people's names because you've been around here. Give me patience. And I see you every time I'm here. Be faithful. The A is be available. It's not, well, that just isn't my skill set. What is your skill set? Complaining. (laughs) Be available. Be on the lookout. How can I be a blessing? How can I help? What can I do? It's not just on Sunday, seven days a week, or the Beatles said it better, eight days a week, I'll be on the lookout. Could have been better, couldn't it? (laughs) The T is for, what is the T for? Faithful, obey, I got it. That's right, teachable. You've been taking notes. Teachable. This is, again, what happens a lot of times in the church is we have that person, and I've met them so many times, and you talk to them, and you'll tell them something. Oh, I know. Oh, you tell them something. Oh, I already know. Oh, I know, I know, I know. Don't you get tired of that? The know-it-all. Don't be that person. Be open to the Word of God today. Are you teachable? Are you going to think about your identity and live a balanced life in Christ? Are you going to take your responsibility just like Joseph did? It's right here. He called him to take Mary home, and he obeyed. He did it. Be spiritually fat. Have that whatever it takes attitude. Whatever it takes, we're going to serve the victory, defeat the divide, the army of God, not in the secret service. So I've got the identity and I've got responsibility. But then I think the best of all is the third thing I see in here that helps us defeat this divide, this division, is our guarantee. You know, I only buy... Uh, insurance, on, they always want to sell you stuff when you buy a product like at Walmart. You want to buy the, the advanced warranty on this? No. But HVAC stuff, I do. I got the 10-year warranty. It saved me thousands of dollars. But now it's expired, so I'm living like this. <laughs> but those guarantees run out. But I'm telling you something. The guarantee of, that God gives you is so wonderful. Let's let me talk a little bit about it. But first let me show you how the messenger from heaven gave Joseph the guarantee. Let's pick up in verse 21. Some of your Bibles use the word shell or shale. I can't even say that, S-H-A-L-L. We don't say that in our language very much, but we use the word will. So here in verse 21 through 23, watch this. She will give birth to a son. And you're going to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill. I like that one. 
what the Lord said through the prophet. The virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with this, with us. Have you ever heard a message of such guarantee? I've got guarantee for you. The Bible says this, and God says it to Joshua, and Joshua's thinking, I've got to lead all these stiff-necked people across the Jordan. Moses is dead and gone. What are we going to do? And, and God says, Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or dismayed, for the Lord thy God will be with you wherever you go. That's a promise for me because the Bible says this in Hebrews chapter 13. The Lord is my helper. I will not fear. What can man do to me? Serve with nerve. Take your responsibility. Don't put up boundaries. Friends, I see it all the time. They're erected because we're takers rather than givers. I'm backing up. I don't want to do that. Here's the, pro- here's the third problem I want to address today. Even with all the promises we have from God, even all the promises Moses got with God, he pulled what I call, he pulled a Moses. Now, you, you probably don't know what I'm talking about, but I'll tell you. God called Moses. He came to the burning bush, took his shoes off. And God said, you know, Moses, here's what you're going to do. You're going to go lead my people out. You're going to free them. You're going to set my people free. You're going to take them out of the bondage. Moses, my power is going to be with you. I'm going to show Pharaoh my greatness, and you're going to, you're going to lead those people. But what do, what do I tell him who sent me? And God says, tell him the great I am, that I am sent you. Well, what if they don't believe me? Now, see, notice how Moses is kicking back. Well, then... What am, I going to, what am I going to use? What's going to help me? You see this staff here? And God turned the staff into a snake and turned it back into a staff. Then he turned Moses' hand into leprosy and turned it back. And wow, God said, look at my power. Look, it's going to go with you. You know what Moses said to God? Here's what he said. Pardon your servant, Lord. Please send someone else. That's in the Bible. Don't pull a Moses. All of the promises that God's given you and that moment of truth comes and God's calling you and He's given you an opportunity to serve the victory, don't pull a Moses. Trust, trust in the guarantee. This is where it comes down to the rubber meat in the road. Here's the application. Trust in the guarantee. How do I do it? Scripture, Proverbs chapter 3. Jimmy, this is one of your favorites. Verses 5 through 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. Acknowledge Him in all your ways, and He shall direct your path, your path to victory, your path to serving the victory, your path to defeating the divide. Joseph did his part. Joseph, he did his part. And the good news is that Jesus defeated the divide. He died for your sin and my sin. Have you known that freedom that comes when you place your faith in Jesus? Have you known that the burden can be lifted off of you when you place your trust in the way of Christ and your identity? Have you known your identity starting to change? Have you noticed you're starting to gain responsibility? Have you noticed you're living with confidence and assurance and guarantee? Have you noticed that? If you haven't, you can notice it today by placing your faith in Jesus. If you've noticed it, let's go, church. Let's do our part, and let's serve the victory. In Jesus' Thank you for the glasses, Jack. They're very helpful. Friends, let's take time to pray. And then I'll turn this back over to Jeff and 
Holly and all the rest of those wonderful folks we have. Dearest Heavenly Father, thank you for helping me, God. I know I've got a long ways to go. Thank you for each and every person and the love that this church shows to one another. So, God, we know that we're going to be like a light on a hill. In the dark divide that we live in today, we are the light of hope because we follow Jesus. So just help each and every one of us today, Father. Remind us of the wonderful identity we have and the responsibility that you've called us to fulfill. You're so good and so forgiving and so permanent and everlasting. Thank you for the guarantee of eternal life in Jesus Christ. In his name, the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.